Hey everybody, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Why? Why Not, a queer podcast. Episode 15? <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny. Episode 15. I just have to laugh at the beginning of this all the time. <laughs> Episode 15. We are, um, what are we, what do you do at 15? Oh, we're getting our learner's permit. <gasps> or it's our uh, quinceanera. We're having a big party. Is 15, isn't it? We yes. should have a huge party to, for, to celebrate this. We'll sure. invite all of our friends. Jeremy, would you like to attend a party tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I've got plans. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jeremy, tell us what you're drinking. Let's jump right in. Let's what do you got? Jump right in. I am drinking uh, an old favorite of mine. It is uh, Menage a Trois. Nice red blend, California, 2020. Uh, I there's no way in hell I'm reading that label. It's like it's some weird cursive kind of thing, but uh, uh, it's it's my my old go to go, go to my go to like I'm a, like I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> it's like an old friend. <laughs> I am an alcoholic. So does that mean that you're gonna drink three glasses? Is that what the three is? Um, well, I think technically the three is it's a blend of three reds, but in honor of those, I will drink three glasses to make sure that I get, I'm going to try to read this and take my glasses off and let's see here, a hint of pepper, that's all I got, that's not, it's a uh, pepper, oh, here we go, it's Ziffindale, Merlot, and Cabernet Sauvignon. Have you ever seen that meme? Um, it says how everyone over forty looks at their phone, and it's it's like this cat with its face like this, like back. That is what you look like reading that label. You're like, ah, that was awesome. I uh, I say as I put my readers on, so I'm not judging. Well, if anybody is wondering if we're just a couple old homos, you're gonna know after this, you hear what the topics are tonight. <laughs> that is true. Um, so, before we jump into all that, how was your week? Uh, my week was very uneventful. However, it had a few events that, uh, uh that, that, that popped up. One of which, I went to the dentist today because, uh, I have a crown that got all messed up. So, um, I was really worried that I was going to show up tonight and half my face was going to be numb. But about 20 minutes before the show started... The tingling went away, and I was like, oh, thank God. Well, it'll come back after a few glasses. Yeah, a few glasses will be back. So are you somebody who is afraid of the dentist, or do you are you fine? No, I love my dentist. And I'm going to give him a shout-out right now, Mr. Uh, Dr. Sutton at the Dapper Dental. Um, he's very dapper. He's so dapper, uh, and uh, he's great. They're all great there, but he's super great. And uh, um, I did have an insight. I went there uh, today. And he has this thing, and this is, I think this is what you want from your dentist and your doctor or your barber or whoever uh, is, you know, putting their hands all over you when uh, you're in a chair. But um, he makes you feel like you're old friends. And he's like, oh, hey, how's it been? What are you up to? There's this. So I, they sat me in. I'm waiting for them to come in. And he's next door, and he's talking about sports with the guy, and he's using the same friendly tone. And I wanted to cry. I was like... It's all fake. Aww. It's not my friend. It's like when you take, yeah, you don't have, I don't think you, you don't have dogs, so you don't take yeah. your dog to groomers, but when you take your dog to the groomer and you pick it up, they're always like, oh, he's my favorite, or, you know, your dogs are so great, they're so nice, they're so, and then you hear him saying that to somebody else, and you're like, you're just, you're like a bartender trying to get a tip, you know? 
I was like, you don't really love me, Doctor, do you? <laughs> uh, uh, I, but they're great over there. I yeah, they them. are. I, I also use them, and I am um, very happy with the, with the service that the dapper... How's the banter with you? Does he make you feel like a friend? You know what? I, I don't spend a lot of time with him. I, oh. I spend a lot of time with the dental hygienist, and... Um, I mean, she basically puts the office on, and then that's it. We, I watch the office. She does her thing. Oh, uh, they had the uh, the good place on for me. Although I will, say, I do want to say this though. You know, like when you go to buy a car, and you're like, I want my payments to be like, let's just pick a number. Like, I want my payments to be like two fifty, and I want this kind of car. And they're like, oh, that's a little too much car for what you know. And then there's yeah. terrible sales things. Or you go to like a fitness center, and they give you a free workout, and at the end of it. You know, they try to sell you more training classes. You're like, I don't really want that. And their response is, oh, so you're not really serious about getting getting fit. And then it's like, oh, what a terrible sales technique. Well, I was given a referral to go get, see a periodontist. And I just, I lost it. So I didn't go. And then when I went back, they the hygienist the, asked me if I had gone. And I said no. And she goes, oh, so you don't care about that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, just give me the referral again, please. Which I now have in this bag. And I have yet to call. But I do care. I will call. We'll move that along. Yeah. Period. Periodontist? Periodontist, I think they're like the bones mm. in your mouth. They're, they're they're beyond the gums. So the dentist takes care of like your teeth and your gums, yeah. and then this is beyond that. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't know, again, if he does this for everybody, but uh, he did have his fingers in my mouth and say, you have really great gums. And I was like, oh, doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> don't get too excited, boys. He is, he is married. He's married and his wife um, just recently. Me. Oh, the den- I was <laughs> Yeah, the, the dentist is married and his wife recently had a, a child, yes, right? They they um they got married shortly after he opened up and I started to go see him. And then like at my next annual, um they they were pregnant. I don't know why. He just when he first opened up. Like he just opened up and let you in. That just made um, me laugh. But no, yeah, they uh, they're doing great. They they've got a uh, nice little baby, and uh, they're a happy little married family. He's got his little dentistry practice. They're like a like a nice little nineteen fifties family. He's a nice guy. You should check him out. Yeah, um, a soon to be sponsor. Also, <laughs> um, also, I don't know if you've been over to Pom Poms lately here in Orlando, uh, but I had lunch with a friend there on Saturday, and uh, they she has her cold noodles now. So I went there, and this was uh, kind of awesome and hilarious. Uh, they only do the noodles after 5 o'clock. But the friend I went and saw, um, Eric Rollins, you know Eric, uh, we were having lunch there, and he had mentioned a palm because he got there before me, that we were interested. We, uh, he was like, oh, we wanted to try the noodles. And she's like, oh, well, they're, not, they're, they're only after 5 o'clock, but I'll make noodles special for you. So we're sitting at the table, and they bring our noodles out, and the table next to us, um, calls the server over after she drops those off, and they're like, what is that? That looks really good. And the server goes, oh, those are our cold noodles. They're only after five. Um, they're special guests of the chef, so she made them special for those two. And they kind of scoffed at us, made me feel so fancy and rich. <laughs> I was like, ooh, they're special noodle guests. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, check it out. They were delicious. They're fantastic. I will check it out. I am a huge fan um, of palm in general, but of pom poms uh, especially. So. Were you a cheerleader? 
week? <laughs> my week was interesting. It, it was full of highs and lows. Uh, it was my two-year wedding anniversary on Tuesday. So my husband, Dylan, and I went out to this very schwanky Italian restaurant uh, in, in St. Pete. And if they want to give us money, I'll tell you who they were. <laughs> it was really, really good. I'll tell you this, though, about it. Um, the the menu was was a little weird. Like, everything had something in it, and it was, like, all in Italian, so I couldn't really tell. I didn't know what any of it was, and I was looking up a bunch of stuff. And so it's just kind of like, oh, I want this, but it's got this thing in there, and it's, like, one thing was sounded really great, but it had anchovies, and I didn't want that. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I just said, I'll ask, because it said, um, you know, market, uh, prime beef um, market price or whatever. So I just so I said, ask about what that means. And I said, What's, what are these choices for today? And I said, well, we have a 35-ounce T-bone steak. T-bone steak. 35 ounces? 35-ounce T-bone steak for two ten. <laughs> and I was like, what? Am I feeding the restaurant with this thing? Or you just—it reminded me of like the Flintstones, and they were gonna bring like the big rackets up, tip the chair over. Did you get it? No, I didn't. Want to, for what? For two hundred and ten dollars? No. I'm, I mean, I'm curious what a two hundred dollars steak tastes like. I'll tell you this though: I was impressed by this, knowing that that steak was two hundred and ten dollars. We ordered a charcuterie board appetizer that was thirty-one dollars, and we walked out of there. Dilly made a glass of wine, and it was less than one hundred and twenty bucks total. Oh wow! So that was pretty nice. Uh, because we did not order the steak. I mean, that was we paid less than what one steak would have cost. Oh, damn. Do you have the Google Translate app on your phone? No. Well, I mean, I can. I have a Google phone, so I'm sure. Download the app, um, and you pull up the app, and you turn the camera on, and you hover it over something in a different language, and it translates it to English right on your phone through the camera. Absolutely ah. amazing. Yeah. That's, That's how you go to that restaurant. Fascinating. Download the app. You'll be able to read the entire Does it menu. work on people's tattoos that get, like, shiny symbols and tattoos? I think so, yeah. It works on any... Oh, if, my God. If it recognizes the language, it'll translate it to you. That's it. I want, I'm going to start an Instagram page where all I do is go around <laughs> and Google Translate people's tattoos. Make sure they say like, what they think right. it says. Oh, that would be smart. awesome. That's smart. Um, I'm sure that probably exists already, though. Uh, so that was the beginning of the week, but uh, the end of the week, um, I mean, it was, it was a nice thing to be at because there was a lot of love and celebration but uh, as I mentioned I think last week or the week before uh, my husband's mom passed away recently and so her celebration of life was this past weekend and so that was sort of the, the way the week ended on a, on, a, on a downer but she it was a great it was a great service to be a part of there's a lot of love a lot of great things said about her so she will definitely be missed very nice so uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's jump into comedy then um, yeah, that, it's always tough going to things like that when it's, um, like the family of your significant other, because you've got to be the rock there for them for whatever they need. Um, but you're also, if you have any kind of relationship with that person, you're also going through it. Uh, it's a weird position to be in. Yeah. And I just, my, my take was to just kind of make make myself available for anything that was needed but stay out of everybody's way. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of, that's what I did. Jen, uh, my roommate here, went up with uh, with me and we kind of stood off to the side but we're there in case anything was needed. And the highlight of that, though, his it was at his sister's house and she had, she had bought this mini pig that she, she was told it was a miniature pig. That thing is 200 pounds now. Ooh. It is gigantic. 
Uh, but it's adorable. So we we went pig hunting a lot because it walked around in the woods. And so we. Oh no 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 not like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we did it. We went we went pig sighting. So we go look for it and then pet her. And oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't go hunting for it. Hey, but you we had a, pound pigs. Uh, had a great ham that night. Very nice, beautiful, beautiful time. I do want to mention this real quick before we. I'm gonna. I'm breaking format here because we do that every week, right? We yeah. we break format because there's always something we don't get to. I just want to throw a shout out to this because as the wine not part of this, as the alcoholic of the bunch who doesn't drink anymore, uh, I watched the second season of Single Drug Female. There's an LGBT connection to it because it's um, this 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 girl that goes into into AA meetings, her sponsor is a lesbian. So there you go. And I think one of the one of the characters is a trans woman um, in it as well. But if you ever want to know what it is really like, genuinely like for somebody when they quit drinking, this show is the perfect. It's the perfect show for it. As you. <laughs> You pour another glass. Tell me more. <laughs> no, it's just I'll tell you um, two things, and that that are just super real. It's when you first stop drinking, how it is, how people don't necessarily believe that you're not drinking or that you can never have a drink again in your life, right? Um, which sounds daunting, which is why you go 24 hours by 24 hours. But in she goes out with a friend of hers. Um, I know she comes home and she's having a conversation with the mom, who's played by Ali Sheedy, by the way fantastic in this and her mom's talking to her and she's like I'm so proud of you that you're going to meetings and that you're getting sober um, can I pour you a glass of wine <laughs> and she's like I can't drink and her mom's like really not even a glass with dinner I can't tell you how many times I heard that not even a glass with dinner I'm like no 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 it would be six bottles and there would be no dinner so anyway it's a great show I think you should check it out and maybe we'll talk about it sometime sounds good um all right, so we'll just hop into it. What's you know, next on the list? Yeah, let's go into. Let's talk about. We're gonna do this every week, right? We're gonna talk about so fierce. So I just want. So I'm gonna say so a lot now. S E W. So fierce. So this is a show that is on Out TV. That's based out of Canada. We started talking about it last week, um, <laughs> which makes me laugh because for some reason it being a show from Canada was a. Huge part of our discussion last week. Yes. Uh, but this is the show that local celebrity Gidget Galore is part of, and it is about eight designers who make uh, drag costumes, and the, it's a show, a, a contest to see who the best drag clothes designer is. So, you watch, we watched season two? Yes, or, we episode, or episode two? two. Yes, we did. What do you um, think? So, uh, this, this week's episode was... Um, there's a movie coming out on Out TV called All Sunshine and Rainbows. Um, so the theme this week was designing uh, a leading lady look. For Miss Melanie Sunshine. For Miss Melanie Sunshine. Who is also a famous drag queen in Canada. Who is a famous drag queen in Canada. That is all I got from that. That, I, that is what, that is, ex- I think that's all you're supposed to get from that. And I know. said that without laughing, so that's and I mean, I'm us. assuming that's what it is, because I don't know who she is. No. They, and they did this last week, and I'm sure this will happen every week, being a Canadian um, reality show, most, I think, of everybody tied to it, or the celebrities, um, uh, are going to be uh, Canadian, so, um, I imagine I won't know 
any of them. I won't either. I'll say this, though. I would watch a show with Barbada. That's her name, right? The Barbada oh, the, the lead and Jaime. The, yeah, yeah. The two of them, I think they're great together. I'd watch a show about them. I would. They, they should have a show about them in, a, like, the vaccine of a, of a bar. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd ask, uh, I'd ask you about that show. <laughs> ask you, ask you how it's going. I do, I like Jaime, I don't really, I don't really, so every, I think this is the thing, every week somebody's gonna have something on or wear something that I'm just like, ugh. So it was the shoe, the first episode mm-hmm, of the shoe mm-hmm. of a head, and then this was the John Waters pencil yeah. and mustache. I, I wrote that down. I didn't feel it. Uh, the blonde hair and the John Waters stash, it ain't it. That's what I wrote. <laughs> it ain't it. Is that the kids say they say? I think that's one of the you things they say. You didn't stand that? Um... That's, uh... Did I use that right? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's giving me no bite. Oh. I think maybe, yeah. Did I, I, I use that know. right? I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? Hey, anyway, I didn't, I didn't if, care if for you're it. you're Gen Z, is it Gen Z or is it beyond that now? I, I think it's still Gen Z. I think okay. the, the, the one beyond that, they're still children, so they're probably not watching this show. If you're Gen Z, do you want to let us know how our... How our uh, Gen Z lingo went. Yeah. <laughs> Email us at WWN at watermarkonline.com. Um, but yeah, they, uh, why don't you, you run through the list of the people? Yeah, I mean. What you think of their outfits? Sure, we can do that. Um, you know, we're not going to do it every time. I don't, I don't know. There's just this theme in this show. Well, first of all, I want to say that this, this, so they're making this, the dress for this particular person. And the winner, they're, the, the star of the show is going to wear that dress in the show, right? That's the, that's the point. Yeah. So. But it, it, what they do is they make these things, and then the, they have models that wear them, and they come out and they talk. It, they come out individually yeah, uh, they with take a designer. Yeah, photos of them in the in the, yeah. in the thing, and then they talk and, about it. Right, and then but the models come out with them. But this time, and I just want to point this out, they did not. They they had the dresses on um, on mannequins because they said it was too hot for the models. How hot could it be there in Canada? What? Yeah, global warming. Also, it's Canada, so I'm sure if it gets to, like, 60 degrees, it's probably hot as hot hell up there. All right. All right. We'll go with that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to so Terrence, So the first up was, yeah, well, I mean, we can run through them. First up was Terrence. Terrence did the, um, the plaid thing last time. Okay. Um, and this time he had the black and white dress. That was kind of cute. I didn't hate that. I don't know their names, so I wrote down nicknames. Oh, how fun. So, what's your name? We'll are, are they appropriate nicknames? Did you do them in order? I, I think I did them Okay, because I got them in order. Terrence okay. was the first guy. That's the Mohawk? No. Oh, well, then I didn't do it in order. Also, that's not a guy. No, that's why I know. That's why I was confused when you said the first guy. <laughs> Maybe, did I miss the first guy? Yeah, you might have missed the first uh, guy. It's, he's, the, he's the big black guy with the round <gasps> oh, glasses. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I did like his. Yeah, he, yeah. he was good. And he's funny. I like him. He'll tie into what we're talking about later. Yeah. Um, Missy, she's the Mohawk. Mohawk. Mohawk Missy, we'll call her. She is the. She had the Victorian-ish thing. Hated it. Hated it. I I wrote down here. Oh my god! How did we just turn into a nineties right? sketch comedy <laughs> thing? Hated it. Um, it looked like <laughs> a high schooler put that together for their rendition of Alice in Wonderland. It wasn't put it's together awful. well. It's terrible. I mean, ugly. Hideous. I didn't like the design. I didn't, like, I didn't the like the design, design the but, execution, it, but if you had, but if it was at least clean cut, but it was just a mess. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I'm going to make a very strong point about that at the end of this conversation. So then next up was Diana. Diana, if you will remember, was last last um, week's winner. Harness Girl. Yeah, corset. I uh, I wrote down, hers looked unfinished. Did she not have time? It was, ba- you know what, it's like that show putting on the hits when you've got uh, somebody who does a duet. You ever see that show? It's mm-hmm. like, I think we may have talked about this before, where it's it's a lip sync competition and so somebody would do a duet and half of them would be Kenny Rogers, the other half would be Dolly Parton, and they would sing Islands in the Stream and turn like, yeah. that's what her dress reminded me of, because it diagonally went like this. It was this blue dress on one angle, on the other angle was a black sequence corset. Yeah. I didn't really care for it. I didn't like it. Uh, next up was Kyle. Pearls um, and glasses. Pearls. He did the, the thing, the last week he did the pearls, right? Yeah, he's wearing, these are descriptions of them, not their dresses. He's wearing pearls and glasses. Oh, okay. I see how, and I, I finally caught on. He had that yellow, the yellow dress. Um, that is, I wrote it down here. That is not a dress, that is a shirt. Oh. <laughs> Wait, he had that really cute one. It was the yellow one that came off and it was a really short dress. It was a jacket yes. over a shirt. It was adorable. It was too short. I don't want to sound like some high schooler's father who's saying you can't go out unless you put some clothes on, but that was a shirt. That was not a dress. Yeah. It would take uh, take extra tape to hide everything. Ooh, yeah. To not fall out of that dress. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then next up after Kyle was Gidget. Yes. Loved everything about it. Rain jacket looked cool. I wrote down, and this will tie in later, um, the dress looked like something from Steel Magnolias. <laughs> I love the dress. It was purple, which yeah, I really like. Very and, flowery. Yeah. Um, and I just, well, we'll get to that later. All right, so then Seven was up next. I would Jean like, shorts and combat boots, exclamation point? All I said, Seven equals Ugg. That's um, all I have to say I wrote, about that. She wrote the earth is flat on the dress to distract from how ugly it is. Uh, a hideous dress, and then Earth is flat written on it makes me not like you as a person. <laughs> because you liked her before? Mm, I didn't know them before, That's but true. I really don't like you now because you're <laughs> one of those flatter students. I think that maybe that was a state. Wait, I didn't watch the... Maybe I missed that part. Does she really believe that? I don't know, but she wrote it on the uh, belt. It says, the Earth is flat! Exclamation point. Oof. And I was like, it is not. And your dress is ugly. Do you think, like, if if there's, like, this, um, you know, end of the world thing, and then years later, because I, and, and, and the only thing that survives from our time now in the future is this episode of this podcast, and somebody listens to it, and, like, the whole society believes that, like, Venus is the center of the solar system, and then they're like, listen to this moron who said that the Earth was or round. Or they think that God. Yeah. Like, listen, it's, it's our Lord and Savior, Jeremy. Oh, uh, if they listened to the, if they found the same and listened to this, and we were were what you know made society in the future, I feel sorry for it. All right, so Benjamin was up next. Uh, Benjamin, uh, that is the Twink Hobbit. That's what I uh, yeah, yeah. And I also, guess. his dress looks like a mullet. You thought this is the white dress that had red roses all over it. The short with the long yeah, in the back. Yeah, and had a lot like of a mullet. What do they call that? Tool had a lot of tool oh, under it. There was a lot of tools. Yeah, um, I liked it. It was cute. Uh, and then there's BB. BB is the last one. That's the the jean jacket leopard. Uh, I mean, I, I wrote the same thing I wrote for them. Ugh. It's a pinstripe. It was like a blue suit with pinstripes in it. I wrote his dress looks like the leftovers from Mohawk. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he just picked up all the scraps and like taped them together. Mine, 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 mine. It also was not very well put together. No. So, so here's what the judges decided. They, they put in the top two, they put Missy and Benjamin. So Missy is... Mohawk. If you're following, Missy is Mohawk and Benjamin is... Oh, um, that was Jean Jacket, wasn't it? Or that was uh, uh, the, the Leftovers? No. Oh, no, that was uh, Twink Hobbit. Yes. Okay, so those are the top two. And the winner of the week was Benjamin. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I liked this dress. That was a white. That was a white dress and, with a red uh, dress. Yes. For winning, they gave him his precious. <laughs> and the bottom two were the two. Probably what I also thought were the two worst um, mm. things. When I wrote Ugg next, it was seven and BB and um, seven went home. Yep. Which flat earther went bye bye. Which they should have done last week. To be honest with you, I don't know why they decided like, hey, we're gonna let somebody say. But here's what I want to point out about all of this. Gidget is the most talented person on that show. And they even say it when they're reviewing the work. They talk, they go into detail about how much they love Gidget's um, dresses that she puts together. Like this one, they're, they're like full lining on the inside. Like Gidget doesn't cut any corners. There's these great costumes that I think are better and more fun. Like that one said sunshine more than white with red roses. So I just don't even understand how Gidget's not destroying this competition. We're judging these outfits with American eyes. Oh. <laughs> they are being judged on a Canadian standard. I was eating Canadian bacon when I watched it. That doesn't help. I was thinking of Ryan Reynolds while I watched it. I still uh, didn't understand it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say this, too. We, may, we were joking a lot about it being from Canada. Um, but I just want to say, Canada's got a lot of great stuff. One of my favorite shows on HGTV is Love It or List It. That's, mm. that's definitely happening all over Canada right now. Alanis Morissette, Canadian. I love I, her. I do like Alanis Morissette. Celine Dion, Canadian. Anne Murray, Canadian. We went old school Canadian. Love me. Brian Adams, Canadian. Mm. Isn't Stephen Colbert? No. No? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm making Jim stuff Carey, up now. Canadian. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to back. Pretty sure. I like Jim Carrey. All right, so that's our that's our weekly wrap up of. Tune in next week when we think, what the hell? Yeah, maybe next week we'll just go with the top two dresses <laughs> and the bottom and the bottom two, and then talk about Gidget because I know I know we're gonna think Gidget should have won. Yeah. So we had this great idea. I say we because you know we do this podcast, but yeah. really it was you. We had this great idea towards the end, or maybe it was after we turned the microphones off last week that we should do. Shows that that the LGBTQ community loves, uh, but that aren't necessarily gay. Yes. So we chose a movie and a TV series. Yeah, which one do you want to talk that, about first? Uh, let's do the movie first, just because I wrote it at the top. All right. Um, so the movie that we picked, and it, there's, you're going to see a lot of similarities between the show and the movie. Um, uh, it's, it's about a bunch of older women, and it is something that is beloved by uh, gay boys. Across the world. Now you said older women. I'm gonna. I want to know how old Sally Field is in this movie. Older women, based on my thoughts when I first saw them. Because when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Oh, it's about a bunch of old ladies." But now they're all probably around the our age. Now. I know. I think I'm hitting the age where I'm the age of people when I thought they were old. Yes, but the movie is Steel Magnolia. Uh, Still Magnolias made, came out Classic. in 1989. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, one of the best ensemble acting groups, uh, I think, of any film. 
Um, so it's uh, Sally Field, Shirley MacLaine. It's an all-star cast. I mean, that's Olympia why it's Dukakis, such a good... Dolly Parton, Daryl Hannah, and a very young Julia Roberts. Oh my, how old are you? I am 43. Okay. I'm going to be 44 in June. You are older no. than Sally Fields no. in Steel Magnolias. She was 42 years old. I'm six years older than that. Oh, Lord. We're like a we're a stone throw away from being Olympia Dukakis and Shirley <laughs> MacLaine. Oh, my God. There, that is us. That, yeah. All right. So you were saying who was in it. Um, so, yeah. So it's those six women. Then, you know, they're, they're kind of filled in with... Uh, with the uh, the uh, the part time uh, players who are the guys in their lives, but it's mostly the focus on these six women. Uh, it's actually based on a play that came out in the eighties, uh, and the play itself only takes place in the barbershop in the beauty salon. Um, Let me ask you this: these six women. What would if you had to say in one sentence what this movie is about? What would you say? Girl power. <laughs> Why well, said one sentence? <laughs> It is about girl power. <laughs> All right. I pulled this off of IMDb, okay? Because okay. I'm like, let's, I'd like to start off by just saying, hey, this is just what it's about in case you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, it holds up a little bit. Some of it's a little, but it, it mostly holds up. Because um, it is about the, it takes place in southern Louisiana, right? So it, it does have those 1989 Old South overtones. Yes. Uh, but just, a, just slightly, I think for the most part, it kind of holds up. Um, but this is what IMDb says this movie is about. A young beautician, newly arrived in a small Louisiana town, finds work at the local salon where a small group of women share a close bond of friendship and welcome her into the fold. Mm. That makes it sound like Daryl Hannah, that this show is about Daryl Hannah. Do you think that's true? Read that again. A young beautician, newly arrived in a small Louisiana town, finds work at the local salon where a small group of women share a close bond of friendship and welcome her into the fold. First off, not beautician, glamour technician. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> that makes it sound like Daryl Hannah stars in it. It does. And, and then it made me think, though, because the she starts the show, and then there's that thing at the very end of it. That she's a big part of. So anyway, I thought, is this really about... And then... Is she a stealth star? <laughs> but wait, then... So I was trying to get Dylan to watch this, which I decided was probably not a good idea, given the week oh, that, that we had. Yeah. Um, but I said, well, we'll watch the preview. And you know what the preview was? It was one minute of the film, and it's where, she, where Daryl Hannah walks up to Truvy's place. And that's that's fascinating. One minute I've never of just thought that. of her as the like she's the, the the story revolves around her. So here is what I wrote down as what this movie is really about. Yeah. This movie is about a southern Louisiana mother trying to navigate life with her diabetic daughter. Yes, that that is more accurate. I mean, to me, because Sally Field plays Malin, the mother, and then uh, Julia Roberts is uh, Shelby, her daughter. Guess how old she diabetes. is in this movie? I'm fascinated with age in this movie. Uh, she's, uh, 20. 19. 19. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, 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 it feels like it's their story, and then the friends right. kind of revolve around them. Um, and you know how you know it's their story? Because you mentioned that this was a play, right? And yes. it was written by Robert Harling. Mm -hmm. He wrote the play, uh, and it is based on, it was his way of grieving his sister's death from diabetes. Yeah. And so... How could, how could IMDb get it so wrong? Could you imagine if you died and somebody said, I'm going to write a play 
based on the life of Rick. And the story will center on Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, as soon as you started saying that, I was like, again, yeah, the, the thing is going to be Rick's friend Danny. <laughs> Rick's friend How Danny he... comes to town. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have to say, um, this is one of the first movies that I remember sitting and watching that my mom introduced me to. Uh, in the 80s, there were two, or leaving the 80s and going into the 90s, there were two movies, three movies, really, that she was, like, absolutely loved. Uh, it was Still Magnolias, uh, The Color Purple, and Beaches. And this was one of the first ones we sat She liked a good we, laugh, huh? Sure did. <laughs> and I remember watching this and just being a little closeted gay boy watching this and thinking, this is so amazing. This entire film, from beginning to end, love it. It really is. And, and I think it, 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 like, the... The entertainment value of the show holds up. I was watching it, and in the first three minutes of watching it, total chaos in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Total chaos. And then I just looked over at Jen three minutes into it, and I was like, God, this is so good. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just, I just, I know how, I remember it all, like how it ends, but I was like, I better watch it again just so I can just connect all the dots in it. And it really is just good. And it's got to be because of Dolly Parton and Sally Field. No I, one other than Sally Field could ever play this role. I would argue that for all of the roles. I yeah. feel like they're all perfectly cast. And at different points, now I've seen this movie a lot. Um, I have uh, laid on the couch with my mom and my sister on the phone and recited this movie to them while it played. I've watched it that many times. And it's... <laughs> That's a lot of times. Yeah. It, it is... It's I, I call it a comfort food movie. It's one of those movies that... Um, if you are just feeling homesick, or you're feeling down, or you're feeling lonely, you put it on, and it just makes you feel good. Yeah, and if you need, you know what, if you need to cry, yeah, yeah, put it on. You know, it's one of those movies. There was a time in my life where, uh, when I first moved to Orlando from New York, like I lived here, and then I moved to New York for about three years, and I came back, and Jen and I moved back. We were in this apartment where it was completely split. Her room was on one side of the apartment, mine's on the other, and. You know, I used to drink a lot back then, but I would, I would get drunk, and then I'd go to bed, and I'd put the TV on, and always some movie would be on that would make me cry, and then I would call her, and I'd be crying on the phone, and she'd have to come and sit with me in bed until I went to sleep, and Steel Magnolias uh, was definitely one of those. Turns of Endearment is another one. Oh, yeah. But, it, yeah. but I would always turn it on, and i get the last ten minutes of the movie, which is like the most depressing part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what's interesting is I, when I was in uh, station at Barksdale Air Force Base, Barksdale so the Air Force, it's in Shreveport, Louisiana. It's about an hour away from Nacogdoches, Louisiana, where they filmed this movie. And now when I watch it, um, they give a shout out to Shreveport when they're do going in for the kidney uh, transplant. And um, uh, Daryl Hannah's character, uh, Annel says um, they're talking about how dangerous it is. And she's like, oh, no, no, they do them all the time. She goes, me and my Sunday class just went up to Shreveport. And I was like, ah, I've been to Shreveport. <laughs> so it's a nice little shout-out to Shreveport. Um, but, yeah, they filmed it an hour from where I was stationed. Um, and, of course, I had to make a trek to the town as if a pilgrimage of a little gay boy uh, going back to his roots, <laughs> even though I never lived in Louisiana prior to this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a fantastic film. I am shocked today when I meet young gay people who have not only never seen it, but have never heard of it. And I'm like, why don't you know your history? 
Why, why don't you understand where we come from? I bet if you quote it to them, they'll have heard it. Dylan hasn't seen it, which is why I want him to see it, and I still want him to, but not, um, but not right now. So the, one thing I wanted to point out that I found very interesting is that Robert Harling said when he when so he wrote this and they're and they're making the movie his mom wanted to be on set for it so um the character shelby is the so julia roberts is playing shelby which is representative of this woman's daughter that she wanted to be on set for the death scene really because she wanted to watch her get up when the director yelled cut to know that she was okay you know what i mean because it was too like she like Julia Roberts became part of their family in the yeah. making of this film, and so she wanted to be there on set to to sort of have this uplifting moment that this is just this is just a movie and she's fine. And I thought that was fascinating. Interesting, I never knew that. <clears throat> yeah, but, we're teaching all kinds of shit yeah, on this show. Learning all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> so why do gay people love it so much? Um, I think it is. Um, I think it's just the, the, the first, the tragedy of it. For some reason, gay men particularly love tragic female characters, um, as, as they mentioned in this movie, um, like Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Southern women and gay men, they all love Elizabeth Taylor because I think it's that um, they, they've overcome so much. And I think these, girl, these women in this movie overcome so much, and... Uh, even through all of it, they, they're just, they, it, it bonds them closer. And I think that that um, chosen family, even though uh, Malin and Shelby are mother and daughter, I think it speaks to that need to find your chosen family uh, that is, is so prevalent in the gay community. I think, yeah, and I think that's going to be a theme throughout the rest of this, the rest of this podcast. That is exactly, there were, there were two things that I could find. I tried to scour the internet for, like, why, why does the queer community love this so much? And number one was because it the plight of our of our community is there's similarities between the the, the plight of, of women and and you know trying to navigate a man's world kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a thing and then but the other one that, that hasn't been mentioned yet is that is that that you know gay people love a smartass yeah and this show is full of them it's I, all it's yeah it's all. Um, Insults and banter, particularly Weeza and uh, um, um, uh, Clary, and uh, just the the back and forth with them. Um, I think it speaks to the type of relationships that gay men have with each other. Yeah, I wrote down a couple of uh, a couple of my. Th- there are two things here that I had I had learned for the first time watching this this weekend, and then they're my favorite quotes. So I'm going to mention a couple yeah. of them. Have you ever heard this phrase? This is what, so this is right when uh, Daryl Hannah's character, what's her name again? Uh, Anel. Anel first comes in and gets hired at Truvy's hair salon. And, and it's the day of Shelby's wedding. Yes. And so they know they're going to be super busy. And, and, and Truvy says, we're going to be busier than a one-armed paper hanger. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Like, what's a paper hanger? Yeah, how did you... Did, does everybody know this? That that's what a wall. I think it's maybe it's a southern thing. It, a paper hanger. It was. I had to look it up. It was first documented in 1908. Yes, it is about hanging wallpaper. Uh, I just maybe it's just not so 
it's not so widely done now. Hanging yeah. wallpaper. wallpaper is not as. It's making a comeback, I think. Yeah. According to HGTV, <laughs> according to every show I watch, it's making a comeback. But I just never. I was like, it didn't say wallpaper hanger. They said paper hanger, which I thought was really weird. So here's the other thing that struck me as so strange. Now you're you're a southern boy, so yeah. you you may have done this, although I've never seen you do this. It shocked me. I'm watching the scene. So they're in the hospital, right? Um, uh, uh, Shelby, Julia Roberts' character, is in the hospital, and they're all sitting around waiting to see. No, it was during the kidney surgery, yeah, or when she's having a kidney transplant, and they're sitting there waiting to hear the results of it. And Dolly Parton, Truvy gets a fistful of peanuts and drops them into her can of Coke and starts drinking it. I don't do that, but yes, that I have had discussions about that. It's a Southern thing. I had to press pause. I rewound it, and I was like, Jen, what the hell is going on here? It is, um, it, it, like when you go to gas station, I don't think this is up north. I, don't, I haven't gone to a lot of gas stations up north, but they always have boiled peanuts. Yeah. They do weird things with their peanuts. But yeah, dropping, and it, I have talked to older Southern people who say it's, it's not the same unless it's a glass Coke bottle and you drop salted peanuts in it. And it's supposed to give you like this salty, sweet. I've never tried it, but yes, I have had discussions with Southerners who swear it's the only way they will drink Coke. Well, I do have to tell you that I looked it up and I have found, do you know what it's called? Nuts in a bottle? For some reason, it's called a gentleman's snack. <laughs> Which could be nuts in a bottle. That is this gentleman's chicken snack. <laughs> just, just nuts in a bag. Um, but yeah, this is one of those movies that has like a dozen um, just throwaway lines that I do, that I say every day. Like um, when people ask me how things are going, and it, back to the scene when the doctor comes out and uh, they're like, how is it? And when somebody's like, oh, how's it going, Jeremy? Like, looks good. Looks real, real good. And nobody ever knows what it's what I'm talking about. It's the doctor comes out, and that's what he says when they say, <laughs> how did everything go, doctor? He goes, looks good. Looks real, real good. That's a great transition into, I wanted to say, this is one of the most quotable movies. Oh, absolutely. And that's funny. I'm going to start using that now, because usually I'll say, that'll do, pig. Um, but I'll start using that. The... One of my favorites. I think that most of them come from, um, most of my favorite quotes come from the characters you were just talking about. Weeza. Weeza. And Clary. And Clary. And the, when Clary says, and church, says, if you, can't say, if you can't say anything nice about somebody, come sit by me. I love that. And then, um, <laughs> sorry, I just snort. <laughs> when she goes, so that whole scene at the, at the funeral. Yeah. When... Sally Fields is like, I'm so mad, and I want to hit someone. And then Olympia Dukakis pulls, pulls Shirley, Shirley McLean in front and says, here, hit Weezer. Hit Weezer. Um, when, when they stop and they're all laughing, <laughs> she goes, you are a pig from hell. <laughs> that, and then you're evil and you must be destroyed. I, uh, I love the part when after... Um, she is just spit in the face of Malin's husband because they're arguing over uh, the, the magnolias being taken from the tree. And she goes to, um, she goes to, the, uh, to, to Truvy's, and she's like, he pointed a gun at me. And Malin's like, oh, he would never, it was, it's, they're blanks, he would never point a, uh, a loaded gun at a lady. And she goes, what a gentleman. I bet he takes the dishes out of the sink before he pees in it. <laughs> Cracks me up. 
it's just such an endearing movie, right? Because you know, even like the the crass, like everyone loves to make fun of of Weeza, but they're but they're all a close knit group and they take care of each other. And I think it's it's great. It is. Yeah. It's one of those super feel good ultimate chosen family style. Yeah. One of, of the best movies ever. Period. Um, it breaks my heart that it didn't win a bunch of Oscars, but it only got nominated for two. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, How was it? Sally, Sally Field. And Wait, she didn't get. Sally Field got a Best Actress nomination, and Julia Roberts got a Best Supporting Actress nomination. I thought that was for the Golden Globes. Now I thought that only. Oh, I think right. in Let the. I think only. Only. Yes, Sally, only Julia Roberts got an Oscar. That's right. That was got nominated Golden for Globes. an Oscar, and then Sally Field got nominated. Julia Roberts won the Golden. Um, but she did not win the Oscar. She was but really yeah. good. she was good in that. And Dylan McDermott played her husband, her husband yep. twenty eight years old in that film. You are obsessed with. Her. I'm obsessed with their age. They look like babies. I watched Dylan McDermott on one of those FBI CBS shows I watch now. So I was like, he looks like a baby in this. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite actors during that time when I was young, uh, Tom Skerritt. Mm. Anything he was in, I loved it. Poltergeist three. He's in Poltergeist three. It's good. Um, I'm looking at the awards that it's gotten, or with nominations it got. It won the People's Choice Award for Favorite Dramatic Picture. I laughed at that. Julia Roberts won Golden Globe. Um, but uh, they, even, they don't do People's Choice anymore. They, I don't think they do. But uh, the four actresses, Julia Roberts, Sally Field, Shirley MacLaine, and Olympia Dukakis, all got nominations. No Daryl Hannah. No Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton should have wrote a song for this movie. She is a national treasure. Yes. She could have gotten an Oscar nomination for a song. She should have done that. Um, but yeah, um, classic, super classic in my family. Uh, so, in the top five films of mine, my mom, my mama's. All right, I am um, not IMD, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. I know that back then critics did not care for this movie. Uh, in fact, I recently watched, I don't know if, you, uh, if you're on YouTube, they have the old uh, Six Will Lieber um, show, uh, movie review show that they used to do. And I watched the one where they reviewed Steel Magnolias, and they both hated it. They said it was melodramatic and cheesy, and it made me hate them a little bit. Um, so I'm going to say 65, 66. Um, audiences, audiences love this movie. It's got to be like an 86, 87. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be able to convince people that you don't look these up. 68 critics. Yeah, that sounds about right. And 89. So you were within one or two points on both of those. Now, I will point out... I give out, it a 100. I did not watch this, but did you watch the... Was the it 20, Lifetime one. 2012 version? I did. I did. And I... It's essentially the same thing. Um, I love the cast in it. Um, Queen Latifah plays um, uh, the Malin character, I believe. Um, Is it the same storyline? It's roughly, the, there's a few changes, but it's roughly the same story. I know Queen Latifah is in it, Alfre Woodard is in it, Felicia Rashad is yeah. in it. Uh, Fair, Weeza, and, uh, or, uh, Weeza and uh, Clary. I bet, so, I mean, there, it's got an incredible Jill cast. Jill Scott is the Dolly Parton. But it was, it was made for Lifetime, right? Lifetime, So it's yeah. like a Lifetime movie. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it, but I, I love those actresses, so I should go back and see it. What do you think that, on that... It was TV only, so it's just an audience review. What do you think that the audience review was on Rotten Tomatoes? You know, this the, the original is beloved with the, with audiences. Not with the critics, but with the audiences. And um, audiences hate when you remake stuff. So um, I'm going to say not as high as the original. Um, so we'll go 78. 
63. Ooh, isn't that crazy? That's a little low. So now we're gonna switch from the from the. We're gonna stay in the 80s. What is the what do you what do you call the the big? So we go from the big screen to the silver the screen. S- big screen to the small screen. The small screen. Silver screen to the small screen. The boob tube. Okay. The itty bitty. And, and we're gonna talk about uh, the the queer community's fascination with Golden Girl. Which ran from 1985 to 1962. Thank you for being a friend. Which, oddly... What did you say? Oh, wait. 1992. I put 62. I was like, good lord. Uh, Yes, 1985 to 1992. Which was oddly also billed as a young beautician newly... No, I'm kidding. Um, All right, so... I mean, I I don't even know where to begin with them. You want to talk about how how it became... It's the same... I mean... uh, I didn't really think about this, but it's kind of the same concept. You have a mother and a daughter, and they're friends. One, um, or the two, the other two, um, uh, bar- throw insults. I mean, they all throw insults at each other, but um, you kind of have that that Weeza and that Clary mm-hmm. with uh, with Rose and uh, with uh, um, Blanche. Uh, but it's four actresses: B. Arthur, Betty White, Rue McClanahan, and the Stelgetti. B. Arthur plays. Uh, 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 Dorothy, good lord. Her mother, uh, Estelle Getty, uh, and uh, uh, they move in with Rue McClanahan, who uh, is, they're all um, single. Some of them are widowed, some of them are divorced. Actually, I think just Dorothy is divorced. The other yeah. three are widowed. Um, and they move into a ha- in uh, um, Blanche's house in Miami together, and they're roommates, uh, because they need a place to stay. Rue needs a... Uh, Need some money. And all kinds of sh- shenanigans. And shenanigans begin over cheesecake and man. <laughs> um, but Do yes. you know that the, the, the that this show started as a joke? Really? Are you familiar with this? So I caught this YouTube video, and it's it's fantastic. It's uh, Matt Baum, I'm going to say his name, B-A-U-M-E. Uh, anyway, he has this like 40-minute discussion about Golden Girls in, in the queer community, and I, I just think it's it's great. But there was, you know, back, obviously before Golden Girls aired, there was this hour-long show, because it's on NBC, right? Mm-hmm. It's on NBC. So NBC was doing this fall preview hour-long show, and it was this live show with a big audience. It kind of looked like an award show. And in that, there were two older actresses that were going to introduce the next series, which was Miami Vice. And one of the actresses was the mother from Everybody Loves Raymond. She would later, yeah, she would later become the mother in that. But so they were making this joke. They were making jokes about there's this show about Miami, and they're like, yeah, it's about laying at the pool. And she's like, no, it's about going to the beach. And no, it's. And they were joking about what life, retired life, would be like in Miami. So there was one of the TV execs that was in the audience started thinking about that like, and thought that's a winner. Like it, it was like there's no way that this could succeed, right? So they were they were joking about it, but then they brought on uh, Susan Harris who wrote Soap. And oh, yeah. and she had written a couple of other she had written a lot of shows that had like gay characters in them. Like that was a thing for her. She's like we're writing gay characters into these shows. Which is why in the pilot episode of Golden Girls, there's a gay housekeeper named Coco. Yes. <laughs> not what you would think. He disappears after the first episode. Yeah, not he was only in the pilot. Yeah. Um, not what you would think would be, you know, a Miami houseboy, but okay. Yeah. 
which was weird because he did cooking. You've got like this eighty-year-old Italian well, woman. Well, she didn't Why live would... there in the, the. Remember, she didn't live oh, there in the first okay. episode, so they had to. Ha- that's probably what happened. Is she moved in, and he's like, "Get the get the fairy out. I'm going to do the cooking." Do you want to you want to hear something funny about that character? Do you know who was supposed to play the role? Mm-mm. The guy who played the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? Yeah, he was. He read for the role, and in in they offered him the job, and he said. I, I don't see why this character is part of this, so I'm not taking the job. And then, which is funny, because that character was only in the pilot, and then they were like, yeah, you know what, he was right, we're done. Yeah. He, um, allegedly, um, is a pedophile. Really? <laughs> yes, you need to Google that. He did, oh he my did something can we, can we, that involved... Can we edit the last 20 seconds out of this conversation, <laughs> please? He, uh, he did something that got him into a lot of trouble that involved youngins. Uh, so... Uh, I wanted to just talk real quick about some of the things that this guy had to say, because like, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Um, that the first person cast was Sophia, mm-hmm. and then they tried to get B. Arthur for Dorothy, and she wanted nothing to do with it. She's like, there's nothing new about this. These are all characters that we've played before. So then they hire, oh, then Elaine Strick auditioned for the Dorothy role, and then they, I, I saw this video of her saying, like, talking about the audition, and, and they, like, there's a line that's like, uh, this is not it, but something like, hey, don't forget the mushrooms. And Elaine Strick said, can I change that? Can I say, don't forget the fucking mushrooms? <laughs> and then that was, like, the, no. that was the end of that audition. So they knew she wasn't going to work. But then they cast Rue McClanahan and Betty White, but not in the roles that we know they them They were as. in the other ones, because yeah. they were more in line with their characters in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, and it was during a rehearsal that the director said, you know what, why don't you try reading the other roles? And they had so much fun playing the opposite of what they were cast in that they loved it and they stuck with it. And when B. Arthur found out that they switched it, she said, well, now this is intriguing. So she signed a contract on, like, a Friday to join the cast, and then on Monday started rehearsals. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it's, um, it was a huge hit. I mean, like, massive huge. Uh, it's one of uh, four shows where all the principal casts, or one of four sitcoms where the entire principal cast all have Emmys. Do you want to take a take a quick guess at what the other three are? The other three shows where the whole cast has Emmys? Where the whole primary cast has one uh, Emmys. Um, Cheers? No, Fred. No. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a hint. The other Grab three Mike. Come on, the other Dennis. three have four <laughs> the other three shows have four primary cast members as well. Girlfriends? Yeah. This is a good, are they, can we go with... Hold on, what year? Yeah, let's go for a year. Okay. Um, one is in the 70s, one is in the 90s, and one is just one off the air probably about five or six years ago, if even that. Mod. No. 70s, right? Mary Tyler Moore. No. Think four. Four primary cast members. Uh, All in the family. All in the family. Woo! Yes. And now we're going to go with one that just went off the air recently? Recently, within the last few years. Four primary cast members. In the 90s? No. This is Well, there's one in the 90s. Okay. We haven't done that one yet. Mad About You? Nope. Mm. Okay, you say Cheers. Friends? No. Girlfriends? No. Oh, my God. 90s. I'll give you another hint. They're both very gay. Oh, um... Oh, modern modern family? No, that's no, 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 no. The one with the with the lawyer and the girl with the titties and the redhead, <laughs> the redhead. Uh, you know this one? 
and the, and then and then the um, Moochie best friend. The red. I heard redhead titties. Moochie best friend. Lawyer, New York. Oh, you know. And then and then she had a baby. The good wife. No. no, that's Chicago. No, and then and then she had a baby, and then we're her best. Run out of time. I know we're gonna run out of time. Right. Just what is it? Will and Grace. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> red she head, described the red mo- one, red one with the titties, titties, the lawyer, and the mooch. Oh, uh, how can I not get that? And uh, Shit's Creek. Uh, oh, Shit's Creek. That's All four right. of them won it the same year. So good. Yes. So good. Um, but yeah, it was a huge hit, and it's almost gotten even bigger now. Yeah. Um, as it's just gone into syndication and it's yeah. just gotten, uh, um, just the audience has grown. It's just, it's timeless. I read a lot about how the gay community reacted to, to Golden Girls in real time. That they were, it had to be one of the first shows that did this, I would imagine. I have, that is based on no facts whatsoever. But I know that gay bars in Hollywood were, would have, whatever they were doing on a Saturday night would stop and they would play Golden Girls, and everybody would watch it, and they loved it. But I think part of the reason why everybody loved it so much is that all of the all of these women stood up or played characters that stood up for gay rights yeah. at one point. And and Estelle Getty, there's there was a writer on the show who was talking about how you couldn't be out um, on the show, and in season one you couldn't be out as a writer. But on the first table read, Estelle Getty pulled him aside and said, "You're one of us." <laughs> and she met one of us, meaning she considered herself an ally, and she was part yeah. of the community. And she says, "You're you're you're with me. I'll take care of you." And she was just super nice to him. And and that so there was a scene when uh, when someone someone came out as gay, and Estelle Getty's character uh, Sophia said, "If I had a child who was who was gay, I would love them. There is no, 